And I looked at it and I'm like, dude, like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you selling like, drugs? Yeah. How many cell phones do you have? You have like three. <laughs> it's more than, if it's more than three, you're a drug yeah, dealer. More than three. But that broke my ceiling because literally when I looked at him, I was like, you are smart, but you're not necessarily like smarter than me. Maybe my ego is saying that, who knows? But then, but then the thing is, if you can do that, fuck, then what is my potential? And then when you have friends like that that are around you. You're listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Putnam. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. I am joined today by Dan Go, the fit founder. Dan, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Ah, of course, man. Been following you for a little bit. And uh, I like what, I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Um, shooting from the hip at all times. Well, 50% of the time, shooting from the hip. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what I do, man. I just wing it, you know. It, it's hard sometimes to not try too hard. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I actually find myself sometimes when I'm in front of the computer and I'm like trying to come up with content and I'm just like, this isn't working. <laughs> so I end up just like going off and going to the washroom, uh, you know, doing my business and, oh, oh, cool. This is a tweet. Boom. And then shoot it out. And then you, you say something like you say something so simple. So today I said some, I, I really felt this It's because of what you said yesterday. So yesterday you put out a tweet where you're like, Dan go is the, is the son of Daniel Day Kim and Keanu Reeves. Absolutely. I believe and, that one. I, I loved it. I was just like, if there was two people <laughs> to, to possibly be my father's, you know, other than my real dad, it could be these guys. So when you said that, I was just like, you know what? I started thinking about Keanu Reeves. I don't know why. I just like, it's like, damn, this, this guy has all of the hits and he's so consistent and he's so prolific. So I, so I just felt all those things. And I posted Keanu Reeves is the best actor of my, of our generation. Don't at me. And then in like 10 minutes, it got like, it got, it got like 50 likes and everyone's like, no, but 90% were like, yeah, man, I fucking, I get it. You know? Yeah. Okay. It's funny. That's it's how it always happens with me. Like if I try too hard to put out content, I get three likes. Something yeah. that just pops into my head while I'm driving. I'm like, hold on, let me pull over real quick and tweet yeah. this. And then next thing you know, it's like 500 likes. I have to see the. I have to say the the one that I really liked is one that you posted maybe a day ago. You're like, I woke up today and saw my wife laying down, and I brushed the hair off of her forehead and you know just looked at her for a second and said god damn it she's so lucky and i was just like oh my god <laughs> fucking howling after that so yeah, yeah uh, man. I mean, she is a very lucky woman yeah but, she uh, is absolutely i agree uh, so we could go on a tangent like this for the entire okay. hour but you are the fifth founder and i like i like the way that sounds i like the alliteration in that but and you're a personal trainer, but you mainly focus on entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know? And before we, we got started recording, we talked a little bit about that. And I think it's awesome, the perspective that you took when you chose that path. So let's you know, bring that in a little bit for the readers. 
I, listeners. Not, you're not reading anything. Readers, listeners? Well, I guess your listeners would be readers if they're listening to this podcast. I would uh, hope so. Yeah. So the reason I help entrepreneurs is because I have surrounded my whole life with entrepreneurs. Uh, my mentors are entrepreneurs. My friends are entrepreneurs. Uh, the people I'm mentoring are entrepreneurs. And as I, during my first business, so if people don't know, I had uh, my first business was a brick and mortar gym business. It was one of the first body transformation centers in all of North America. And during that time, we had it for about 11 years until I sold it. I was friends with all these entrepreneurs as a part of the mastermind groups I was a part of. And what struck out to me was that entrepreneurs were making this mutually exclusive agreement between having wealth and having a healthy, amazing body. They would usually trade their health for wealth, which is one of the biggest cliches, but so true. So far be it from me to say, when I am me and I'm looking at my friends getting fat and let's just say going into quote unquote, not as masculine behaviors, it, it, it strikes a chord with me. So I ended up, uh, I have this mission where I'm like, I want to change the lives of millions of people. And everyone, I guess you could say everyone who's ambitious has that, has that type of uh, mentality. But for me, the way I see it is if I transform enough entrepreneurs' lives, each entrepreneur carries with them a factor of a thousand to some, to some of my people is like a hundred thousand people that they influence. If I can make their health and bodies better, then what I am actually doing is making them more efficient for their businesses. So therefore I am affecting everyone that they are coming in contact with their product services, or in some cases, their books. And for me, I look at health and wealth as a number, as number one and one A. I believe both people, I believe everyone should be going for both. So I don't think they're mutually exclusive at all. And, uh, and that's my mission. You know, I want to help entrepreneurs get into their best bodies so they can live out their best lives and they can affect the world in a very positive way. Like I told you before, man, I never would have looked at it that way. Hmm. But as you're describing that now, I get this, you know, uh, this idea of like ripples in a pond, hmm. you know, you, you drop the one stone in the pond and you never know how far the ripples are going to go. You know, there's that old Zen adage or whatever, but you know, online or in person, every person we come into contact with, you know, we affect them in some way after they interact with us, you know, they'll go on and they're, they're going to take a piece of however they interacted with us to the people that they are going to interact with later. And so, man, I never thought about it that way because you are what you consume. You, you only produce uh, what you've consumed. You know what I mean? You can't produce good if you've only consumed bad. Mm. And so you creating this program where you're taking entrepreneurs who've let themselves go because they got a little business oriented with their mindset and completely let the body aspect go their work is going to slack off because of course their bodies are slacking off mm -hmm. and that messes with the mind and how they create. And so, yeah, you are literally affecting millions of people indirectly. That's, that's awesome. And I never would have thought about it that way. Yeah. And 
we have to understand that health is the number one meta effect. It's the number one meta habit that is. And you know that, I know that it's the habit in which you and I may take for granted, right? Because we feel the way that we feel and we're like, I have energy to go until like 8, 9 p.m. if I really want to. You know, I have the health and body to, you know, go for a run if I want to. I can pick up my daughter without worrying, you know. And when I transform these entrepreneurs' lives, like, so I'll give you an example. One guy that we've been helping, he's a startup founder. We, he's going from 315, he's down to 285 right now. About 30 pounds weight loss. We're not done yet. We're not even going to, we're not even close to them. But during that time, his business had the best quarter that they've had in a very long time. Um, he started to be more intimate with his wife. He started to be uh, taking uh, classes or actually uh, martial arts classes with his son. He's starting to hit the gym. All of this is starting to become easy. And now he feels like he has enough energy to do exactly whatever the fuck he wants, essentially. Right. And that's what health does. A lot of people, are, to me, are like going off in the world and, and living it at 60% of their potential, which is just frustrating to me. You could be, if you just like got yourself healthy, you would actually be able to affect things in a much larger way. You'd be able to make a much larger impact, not only on the customers, the clients, the audience, but your family and yourself. So health to me is, is, uh, is number one. And I, I focused on getting my health before I focused on getting my wealth, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. You know, when, uh, when I first started rugged legacy, I was working a nine to five and I was working probably 60 to 70 hours a week. And the worst thing about it was that, uh, I worked on uh, a C shift, which was, uh, I worked a few day shifts a week and a few night shifts a week. And so it was constantly flip-flopping back and forth. And if you've ever done that, you know, and if you've never done that, don't mm. because that's, that's freaking terrible. But I had no time and I only took that shift because I got a promotion. You know, I was running a department and I was like, Hey, I'm going to make a lot more money doing this but my quality of life dropped down because I couldn't go to the gym anymore because it was so irregular. And, mm. you know, I was constantly tired and having to supplement my missed time at work, you know, with uh, having to be there instead of you know, running errands for my family or spending time with them or whatever. And so the gym just got pushed back and back and back and back. And then I was on finally back on first shift, you know, working, you know, early in the morning till, you know, mid evening, it just felt like a relief to be able to do that. And so I still wasn't focused on getting in shape. I wasn't, you know, caring that much about going back to the gym or getting regular with that. And then when I started Rugged Legacy, it just got worse again because I'm working 60, 70 hours a week at my job. And then I'm working 30 to 50 hours sometimes while I'm at my job on Rugged Legacy, trying to get it going. And when I automated that and I decided I wasn't going to take any more promotions and I was just going to focus on uh, those things that were important, which was, okay, I have to keep getting my nine to five paycheck and I've got to make rugged legacy work. Life got a little bit easier and I got a little complacent, but I still rugged legacy wasn't growing at the rate it should have. Mm. 
because I was still just blah. You know, as soon as I come home from work, I'm sitting down on the couch because I'm exhausted. Now I got to pick up a laptop and crank out content and fill orders and all this other crap. And it was when I lost my job two months ago. All right. And right before I lost my job, I started going to the gym with my son. He bought uh, a dual membership to the gym for Father's Day so we could go together. And I had started going for just a couple of weeks again regularly uh, at four in the morning with my son before I'd go to work. And when I lost my job, we continued with that. And so two months into going regularly, but my business has grown. My side hustle money has grown. My happiness is up. I feel fantastic and it's all because I'm lifting and I'm working out and I'm taking care of my body and that directly transmutes into how your brain reacts to mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. Um, I, I say this a lot. I don't work out for my, my body as much as I do for my fucking brain and my spirit, you know? Um, I've come to the point where the gym is just like going to confession you know, it's just like, it's just going to church. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a free agent. You know, free just, agent. Okay. Yeah. Free agent. Um, you said it was for your spirits. I didn't know if you were kind of uh, spiritual or I, 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 okay. Well, I don't, well, the thing is, is that it's, it's hard to, I, I don't know if I constitute spirituality with religion. Yeah. You know? That's a big I, misnomer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I personally, I actually love all of them, you know, I love all of them. Uh, so I haven't gone through it yet, but you know, I'll read the Bible. I'll read the Quran and I'll read, I, I've read the Bhagavad Gita, great book, you know, but I don't know. Each and every religion is kind of like really cool. It's like a buffet. So it's, I just pick whatever, but anyways, I was going, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I feel you on that. Yeah. All of my friends, my closest friends are either Anglican priests <laughs> like super devoutly Catholic, yeah. Super devoutly uh, Baptist, yeah. Um, super devout Muslim. Some of my friends are imams. Uh, some of my friends are rabbis and very devout Jewish. Mm. And I'm a pagan. Mm. What is a pagan, though? Like, uh, what I believe what in is... the existence of multiple gods. Okay, that's cool. Right. I mean, like, but what's, what's funny? Is, all yeah. of my friends are all devout in some random religion that is not my own. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, cool, man. We're all good. Isn't that <laughs> kind of like, isn't that kind of like, Hey, I think your God is cool. And then your God's cool. And your God's cool. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, they're probably all homies, like living up in the, in the big old uh, beyond and shit right now. Yeah, just like that, having that's, that's the way I look at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're probably playing pool and smoking cigars <laughs> yes. right now. Yes. I've been reading a lot of um I've been reading a lot of life after death books. Right? I don't know why. After my daughter was uh after my daughter was born, uh the concept of mortality it just hits me in the face. Yeah. I don't know why, right? But it just, it just means for some reason that you're actually one more step closer to death. So, so, I, so I'm reading these like, you know, near-death experiences. And they do talk about the afterlife. And they do say that I met this guy in the, in the sky and 
I'm not going to call him God or whatever, but he was up there and he basically said, nope, you're going back. And <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm reading this stuff, maybe to give me some solace a little bit, you know, to, to give me some solace on what happens in the afterlife. You know, we always want that certainty a little bit if there is an afterlife or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, going back to, say, the concept of, like, all these religions, uh, I, I really do feel like all these guys were just, like, great dudes, you know, had a big following, had great messages. And I cannot see myself being Buddha is the number one dude or Allah is the number one dude. I actually look at them as, like, different, different names but the same basis, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I guess to break it down, you could say they're basically like Twitter gurus. They've got a bunch of top followers in common, and some <laughs> yes. of them are. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is the best actor of our generation. Don't at me, Buddha. That Buddha. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like that to me. But don't get me wrong. Um, I, this is just, I actually feel this is more of a part of who I am as a person because I refuse to be like, I am a keto guy. I am a fasting guy. I'm a breakfast guy. I am a carnivore dude. Like, I don't know. I look at religion and I look at these diets and I look at them all as tools. In well, the some diets are religions now. Oh, well, people are turning it into that. Right. But it, that actually affects a lot of what you do, doesn't it? I absolutely. Mean, you've got these religious zealots like screaming at you because you picked up a piece of toast. So. Okay. So I have this issue with evidence based dogma because anything can be fucking proven on, on the study now, right? Anything. So I have people on my Twitter, sometimes I'll say like, you know what, cardio and diet has done worse things to people's metabolisms than they think, you know, than they, than they actually know about. And then I have people shooting cardio studies to me on my Twitter or whatever it is. But we have to realize that one evidence is a dogma in itself. It's actually like, it's, it's evidence, it's not fact. And then when I do have guys like <clears throat> coming to me as clients, they come from, I have done cardio, I have done keto, I have done IF, I have done this and that and this and that. And they never really understand the true concept of how to eat properly because all they're thinking is the, this binary thing. And what they do is, and the reason why they fuck it up or the reason why, say, diet zealots are fucking it up for people like me is one you have to you have to make them understand that watching a game changers documentary does not equal education it, it does not equal that your belief system should be based off of a documentary or even a book the second thing it does is it ruins people's fucking metabolisms when they get to me literally like we do dexa scans and yeah, 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 I've seen yeah, them. you've seen them right and you would not we believe. have one of those we have one of those that uh my my gym's sister gym. We don't have it at my gym, but we can. That's a big thing to have. That's like yeah. a, that's a multi, that's a five figure machine right there. Yeah. And it's expensive. So if you have it, fucking take advantage. It's so good. It's, it's basically the gold standard, right? But we have these DEXA scans, people do keto and they 
fucking don't even work out and they do cardio on top of that. And then lo and behold, we see that they have dropped in metabolism. They have increased their fat levels. They have kept themselves at the same weight. So what people don't realize is that doing these restrictive diets is also fucking dangerous for your body. Right. And, uh, and not to harp on keto, but if anything makes you scared of eating a certain type of food, that's not the diet that you want to be on. Yeah. We've got a weird relationship with food now. Like to me, you know, I can, you know, I'll do that white girl thing where I, Hey, this is my meal. You know, take a picture of like huge baked (laughs) potato and steak and covered in bacon bits. I'll turn a a salad really goddamn healthy real quick. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but I just eat. That's all I do. You know, people get mad. Like, why are you eating those carbs? Mm. Like, I don't see it as carbs. I see it as Mm. fucking bread. You know, you know, and I get it if I was trying to like dial in to where I maybe was going to be super aesthetically competitive with lifting and, you know, being shredded and super lean and cut and want to dehydrate myself for Mr. Olympia, that kind of shit. Yeah, I might, I might give a little bit more of a shit about macros and all this other crap, yeah. but I'm just lifting and I'm just sprinting. Mm-hmm. And in order to be able to continue to do those things, I need to eat. Mm-hmm. And so I just eat food. Do yeah. I sometimes say, fuck it and eat a half a cheesecake? Yes. Why? Mm-hmm. Because cheesecake is amazing. And there's no other reason to carry a pocket knife except for cheesecake. Yeah. But, but you're different though. Because you self-regulate. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, yeah. If I realize, you know what? My belly's getting a little flab here. I'm going to cut out sugar for a week and then train a little bit harder. And then I'll go back to eating a piece of cake. So here's what people are doing right now. They're literally driving a car and the check engine light is on or the check oil light. And then the check engine light goes on. Then the transmission light comes on and all these lights are coming on and people aren't self-regulating at all. They're just pulling the fuses out so they can ignore (laughs) the lights. Yeah. They're like putting like duct tape over the, the leaks and all this kind of shit, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and that is, that is essentially where we've come to. And it's my job on this planet to, to basically talk as much shit about the things that I know that work. There you go. Yeah. And, and that's part of the reason why I started this Twitter account too. Um, shit. The fitness industry, like the fitness Twitter is, is cool. I met like so many people from it, but it's still so immature. It's so immature. Well, it's because everybody has binary thinking. Yes. If one yeah. thing works, they think that absolutely nothing else can work. Yes. And if you say one thing works, then they think the other th- that you're saying the other thing doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, dude, I got shit on because I said, happy Father's Day. One year. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was uh, 2019. I said, happy Father's Day. <sighs> and so many fucking people just shit on it because... <sighs> are you saying mothers don't matter? So I made it a fucking point this year to say happy, not single mother's day. <laughs> right. They liked I mean, it though. They probably liked yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, man. I mean, just because I, you say one thing works doesn't mean you're saying everything else is 
yeah. not doesn't work or you say one thing is good doesn't mean you're saying everything else is bad so so there is so if we're talking about stories there's like this one time that uh i said something about stretches i think like uh you know what you should do this stretch for your hips because every, if you sit for long periods of time then your hips are going to get tight yada 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 literally i had someone that was like dead serious dead serious he was like is something like what about people who only have one legs aren't you thinking about them and i, I was just like i was like of all the people well if we're all, gonna go there why not bring up dead people yeah. what about them you inconsiderate please, please. bigot yeah but, but you yeah inconsiderate bigot you you think what do you mean what about dead people they can't yeah. stretch you're not thinking about them <laughs> Yeah, but we could we could say stories about this all the time. Twitter's just oh, like a fucking just it's amazing it's an amazing place cuz 99% of the time I'm actually just talking to you, I'm talking to Zach, I'm talking to other people within our circle, right? But it can the, the 1% can get really weird. You know? Can get somewhat weird. That's where block that's where the block button comes. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Boom, I've boom, got like boom. 60,000 people blocked on my No, oh, shit. That's a lot. That's a lot well, I went through on a mass block and I started blocking anyone that had pronouns in their bio because generally <laughs> they're the weird ones. <laughs> this whole, uh, I still don't get this whole pronoun thing, but I'm not going to jump into it because I have zero experience or zero knowledge about it. But it sounds, I don't know. Every time I hear pronoun, I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to touch that one. Don't want to touch that at all. <laughs> I feel pronouns. Bad, I Politics and religion, don't touch. Yeah, I care as much about your pro uh, of about your pronouns as I do yeah. your politics. I, I, which is none. I don't care. It's like, guess what? <clears throat> we're all gonna say some shit. You can't control what we're gonna say. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just suck it up. Nah, anyways, yeah, so. uh, moving forward. Moving Evan. forward. Absolutely. Moving forward. You you were saying uh, earlier before we got started that you got this you can have it all mentality from your yeah. family. Mm. And I thought that was really cool. A lot of people don't have that kind of experience with their families. You know, a lot of people come from limited belief families and they're just, uh, I can't get in. I have to preface that though. I have to preface okay. that. Yeah. I got, I got the work ethic from my dad and my mom who are pulling 24 hour days in their printing company to like push it. I had to work there. I had to clean the floors. I had to, fucking fold thousands of papers and shit. So I got my work ethic from them, but, and I did get my want to go to the gym from my dad when he started going, when I was in my twenties, they gave me the foundation, but as with all things, family, you have to like seek outside and go outside and try to learn at least things that are things that are necessary for you. So for me, like, First was my family. The second was um, this guy, Dean Bukaris, who basically, like back then, he, get, he just gave me CDs full of like Jim Rohn and Anthony Robbins and like all this kind of stuff. And I, I've never been exposed to that in my life. And when I heard it, I was like, oh my God. Like, I've been. I like Jim Rohn, man. Yeah, His, my favorite quote from him is hustle until your haters ask if you're hiring. Woo. I like that right. one. Did he say that? He I said think that? So. I think so. I, I heard it from uh, Jesus. Uh, Nathan Dean at Cross. Okay. Nate. 
a Chronicles of Nate. Yeah. 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 He like my first, one of my first mentors, is this guy, Dean Bocaris, he actually had an online business way back then. It was like 15 years ago and he gave me all these self-development stuff. And then that's where I actually had uh, the second part of like opening my mind to what the possibilities are out there. And I'll tell you right now, like I needed to change a few things. I needed to change my mindset about fitness. I need to change my mindset about health and fitness, but also money. I couldn't get that from my family. I didn't get that from my family too. Cause they, you know, my family was just traditional like immigrant status. They were just like, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, blah, 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 blah. And like you carry these things with you as a child. And I needed to eradicate that thinking. Right. And so, yeah, my, my family gave me the foundation, but the rest of like my self growth, I have to give it up to the, the mentors that I've had along the way. Uh, who have kind of pushed me in the right direction. And um, yeah, I wouldn't be where I am right now if it wasn't for them and the friends that I surrounded myself with. With Go Hunt America, you can experience your own outdoor adventure at the touch of your finger. You can find hunting, fishing, and camping spots anywhere in the U.S., put there by private landowners and you can even list your own it doesn't matter if it's a large tract of land or a small duck blind just go to gohuntamerica.com to get started coming soon to the google play and apple app store Hey, this is Nate from Unlimited Life Concepts, and we teach people how cash flow strategy can be just as powerful as investing. Imagine being able to earn interest off of every dollar that flows through your hands, whether you're spending it or saving it. We offer a lifetime membership to our financial education platform for $77, but right now you can use promo code RUGGEDLEGACY and save 50% off. Yeah, it's kind of similar for me. You know, I had that rough upbringing. I was put up for adoption when I was 12, you know, ended up homeless at 25 with yeah. a wife and kids. And then seeing as how hard it was, you know, growing up poor in the South and then having that happen, you get these, you know, predispositions to, damn it, money's just hard to come by. And it does take someone who doesn't have that mindset uh, to, you know, make you un or at least help you unlearn that. And once you unlearn that, you know, I said earlier today, a hundred percent, uh, uh, root cause of people not having any money is the way they look at it. And it's yeah. the same thing with fitness. You know, the, the, the reason that people aren't fit is because they think getting fit is complicated and difficult. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, yeah, I mean, we're not saying it's super easy, but it's not so hard that you, you know, you have to be, you know, motivated to be an Olympic athlete. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Most people like, like the funny thing is when it comes to fitness, people don't give a fuck about six packs. They don't, I don't get anyone coming to be actually, I get like me like 2% of people coming to me like I want a six pack, but the 98% are like, I just want to be, I just want to like be able to take off my shirt and not feel insecure about my fatness. You right. know, I, People don't care about the six pack shit. At I all. just don't want to look like Rosie O'Donnell. Can you help me? 
Yes, exactly. Uh, I would like to see my penis when I look down. And be right. able to tell if my socks match. Yes, exactly. I've, I personally, I've never gone through that, but I've known a, a lot of people who have to go through that. And, and then to me, again, it seems like inane, but that's the way it is with a lot of people. Yeah. But, but I, I do feel that even for us, it's like you, you're talking to Nate, I'm talking to you. We're, we have almost created this circle of people that are either at the level of success that we want or they're at a level of success that we want to get to. And if you surround yourself with these people, and I remember one time, one time, I was just like looking at, a, like my friend was working on this computer and I was looking at his ClickBank account. So ClickBank was the gum road for back then, right? I remember. Yeah, it's old school shit. And I was looking at his account and he did, he's doing like regular $10,000 days. And I looked at it and I'm like, dude, like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you selling like, drugs? Yeah. How many cell phones do you have? I have like three. three. It's more than, if it's more than three, you're a drug dealer. Yeah, more than three. But that broke my ceiling because literally when I looked at him, I was like, you are smart, but you're not necessarily like smarter than me. Maybe my ego is saying that. Who knows? But then, but then the thing is, if you can do that, fuck, then what is my potential? And then when you have friends like that, that are around you and you have men, like people above you, that are just like, you're thinking small, you know, then you have no choice, but to level up. And I, I put this thing down on my Twitter before. It's like, if you have five friends, you're going to, if you have five fit friends, you're going to be a six. If you have five millionaire friends, you're going to be a six one. And right. it's just a matter of neurons. You're, you're, the neurons are just going to like attract you. It's just going to influence you. You have no choice. So, the same thing goes. It's, it's, it's like a, I, I look at it as like a trickle down effect. You know, it's like you have your coaches, people who are just invested in your growth. And then you have people around you who are invested in your growth, but are also on that race with you. And then when you have people like that with you, then that's what elevates your thinking. That's what makes you think that you are thinking a little bit too small, that you're not thinking big enough. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. You know, while I first, you know, joined Twitter. I joined Twitter for the, for the entire purpose of, I needed some way to advertise rugged legacy to people that I did not know because I had, I no longer have a Facebook account, but when yeah. I did, I had a Facebook account for like four years and I had like 38 people as friends. That was mm. it. And you know, it was just a bunch of back and forth with friggin' coworkers or Maybe that one dude I went to high school with kind of crap, right? Mm. And I'm like, I, I had made it a point. I didn't want to sell any single Rugged Legacy products to anybody that I ever knew. <laughs> really? I, yeah, I don't, I don't want it to be like, you know, I, I had three sales today. They were from my mom. Yeah. You know, that shit. Yeah. I didn't want any of that. I wanted to yeah. get, you know, go out. And so when I get on Twitter and I see these people – you know, like um, Chris Johnson's a good example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, Chris Johnson, uh, no time zone, those guys. I'm like, how the hell are these guys making money on Twitter? Hmm. You know? And then I was thinking, oh, they probably, you know, some business dude figures <laughs> they would just step out to the side for a little side money or whatever. Yeah. And then I started seeing more and more people doing it. And I'm like, I'll give it a shot. And then the shit started working. 
And so I like what you had said, you know, just earlier about Alyssa. If he can do it and he's not necessarily all that smart, you know, it, it brought it to me. I'm like, I barely graduated high school. Mm. I dropped out of college because and what's shitty is I had 40 credits left to get a bachelor's, mm. but I still dropped out of college and I've got no intention of going back. But if I can do it, a blind aid ridden circus monkey can do it. Okay. It's that <laughs> easy. I've seen, I've seen some entrepreneurs that could, that could quite fit that description. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, we, we talk a lot about don't compare yourself to other people. Yeah. And that's, that's fine. If you're only comparing your success to their success. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he's here, but I'm only here. Blah. Uh, uh, that sucks. Mm. Yeah. But if you compare yourself with like, He's just a regular dude. He puts his pants on the same way that I do, you know, soaking yeah. wet and screaming straight out of the shower. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and if I can, if he can do that, then I can do that because he's not smarter than me. He's not. Yeah. Me, he might know more than me, but he's literally no more competent than I am. No. So I can do it too. Yeah. Anyone can. And that yeah that that's what shatters the ceiling, like what yeah. you had mentioned with your your pal. Yeah, it's. It's more so we create these limitations in our brain and our job as human beings is to keep on reaching these new levels. And what you think is like the epitome of success and what you think is the kind of like, oh my God, if I hit this, this would be great. The reality is it's just a fucking level. It's a ladder. All we're doing is climbing a fucking ladder, you know, and there's no limit to like what this ladder can entail. So like, as we, as we get more successful, you know, we see, we see again, it's just like people just a little bit above you, people right there, you know, and it's just a, I had this kind of, let me see. It's a little bit of a conflict with the whole, don't compare yourself to others. Right. Cause when we say that we're really just, trying to be like don't be a human being because that's human nature like you see you see like your tribesmen with like fucking peacock feathers and shit you look at him you're like i want these peacock feathers too you know and it's not who doesn't who doesn't i mean fucking peacock feathers are very rare to come by these days but what that means to me is that you know it's it's not maybe i'm built different and maybe someone's like Buddha out there and they're like, see this shit and not get affected. But sometimes when I see someone like make whatever, like, let's just say Chris Johnson makes, sometimes I'll be like, oh shit. Like you do compare yourself to that person. And, but, but then it's the transmutation that occurs. So it's, so it's like you said, a self-confident person will look at Chris and be like, I can fucking do that too. If a person has a limited belief about themselves, they're going to look at Chris and be like, he's a fucking jerk. Why is he showing me all this fucking, why is he showing me him making money? He's a scam artist. And it's all just a concept of our realities inside. It's right. You know, it's, this is actually something that I've, I've also thought about. Like everything's a projection, everything. How do you know like what is real and what is not? You're just seeing, you're just seeing life through the eyes of you, you know? Yeah. How do I know I'm looking at a tree in front of me? That could not be a fucking tree. It could be something completely different. I don't know. 
but we literally create these like realities and and i mentioned it before it's like trying to break through these glass ceilings all the fucking time every single time that you just keep on striving and i have this thing with even with twitter i thought 2000 followers was like really cool but then i remember getting i remember feeling a little bit big on my britches and i was just like okay damn well shut the fuck up put your head down and keep working and then I'd be like, who am I comparing myself to? Am I comparing myself to the person who's, who has 2,000 followers or am I comparing myself to like, you know, am I looking at, say, Chris Johnson as the reality of what I can, of what I can actually achieve? So life to me is just a lot. La- it's like just a, a game of ladder. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I started looking at it because I used to be that guy. I used to be the guy who, fuck that rich prick. And I, I, I wasn't one of the eat the rich crowd. I've never been that way, yeah, yeah. you know, but I'm blue collar through and through. I've swung sledgehammers in the desert 10 hours a day. I've, mm. you know, I've, you know, built houses, I've dug ditches. Mm. You know, I've done, I've, I've been that guy my entire life. Right. Mm. And so when I see a guy, I actually wrote a piece called the arrogance of the blue collar man. And it was, you're goddamn right. We're arrogant because you office pussies can't do what we do. And yeah, it's true to a sense, but that was coming from a place of bitterness. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And looking back now, I'm still really proud of that piece because it was articulated well, but at the same time, it serves as a warning. Mm. Right. And so I used to be that guy that was, you know, fuck that rich prick. You know, he still can't, he wouldn't make it in my life. And that was me projecting, thinking that guy's had it easy his whole fucking life. That dude could have had it worse than me. Right. You know, he might've just gotten that freaking Tesla, you know, and it might be the first big purchase he's ever made because he's been swinging a sledgehammer his whole life and then came up with an idea while he was doing it and he got paid for it. Right. And so it could have been that thing, but now the way I, I look at it is I force myself to clap and be sincerely yes. cheerful anytime someone does better than me. And for the first three, 4,000 times I did that, I was faking the fuck out of it. <laughs> but then it started to become sincere. Like, I'm really happy these people are doing well mm. because that shows, because you know, it was just like, the first guy to ever, uh, like Usain Bolt, he set a record. Since then, that record's been broken. All he did was pave the way. You know, we, I've got Neil Armstrong on my wall right here. He was the first man to step on the moon. How many stepped on him after that? How many more are going to step there now because of what that dude did, right? And so everybody that does better than you, everybody that does better than me, all they're doing is paving the way and showing us how to get there fucking a beautiful way of putting it that's a beautiful way and i'll be honest i was that dude too i was like i look at a rich guy and just like what a fucking dick he must have been like he must have scammed so much he must have went against his integrity and morals to get this money and you know yeah what's the, what's the joke about bmws and porcupines no, BMW, the pricks on the inside Ooh, that's <laughs> i had this thing about the fat man and the red bmw but i'm holding on to it you know it's like you never want to be the fat man and the red bmw you know that's just like, it's, it's just a mismanagement of priorities, but. I bring up BMW I, a lot because my last nine to five, I worked for an automotive manufacturer that, okay. uh, that made the seats for BMW. I, BMW, I was, BMW seats are painted where they fuck up the leather. Do not buy one. Fuck. I gotta tell Michael Pike that one. 
You just got a yeah. BMW. <laughs> I know. I, I was I was thinking like while you were saying the fact the fact that you're like the salt of the earth and you've been doing this manual labor, what you're doing right now must seem like lazy to you to a certain degree because <laughs> it's so it, mental. It, it right? does. Uh, and that's why I push the way I do. Like I'll get up at three forty-five. I'll mm. go to the gym. How, mm. how, how many hours did you sleep? I, I got two hours of sleep, but it doesn't fucking matter because mm. I have to go and do this. If I don't feel like I'm pushing, mm. you know, physically, it's kind of like what you were saying. Yeah. My my spirit feels it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you need like human beings need physical hardship, right? Right. In some way, shape, or form. If you don't get physical hardship, then uh, you turn into the well actually dude who's like obese and you know going on Twitter and trolling people and shit. But like we okay, so as an entrepreneur and as you as you're doing more mental work, you are going to try to seek discomfort and growth in other ways. You you just have to. You can't do it through your work anymore. So you got to do it through the workouts. So this is why entrepreneurs do like some, like they, they do the extreme, they do the extreme things, right? Cause they have to make, they do cold showers. You know, they're like, oh, I gotta do cold showers to make myself tough. Right. And, and, but we have to do these almost seemingly outside external physical things in order to make ourselves feel tougher in order to make ourselves discomfort or not as comfortable in some sort of way, because we see that as growth. And I think it should be a prerequisite for anyone who's doing mental work, entrepreneur or not. Yeah, it, it's like having a dog. You mm. know, if you don't run that dog ragged, he's going to chew up all your damn furniture and destroy everything. You ha- he has to burn that shit off. So I, I actually have this like example. I'm like, okay, so if your dog was overweight, would you make him? Would you make him go vegan? You know, like. Would you put them on like the keto diet? Would you make them fast for seven days? No, motherfucker. You take them out for walks and you would feed them a little bit less. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like, this is where people just get things like so fucking twisted. You know, it's like, it could be that simple. It could literally be that simple. But, uh, but humans like complexity. If yeah. it's too simple, it may not work, you know? Right. But, you know, like you said, going back to, you know, humans need the hardship thing. Yeah. And it's mostly entrepreneurs. Uh, a good buddy of mine, he owns a coffee company, Ground Shark Coffee, uh, in Denver, Colorado. He had a job as a civil engineer and then quit in his 20s. All right. To start a coffee company. Mm. All right. And he's, he's still grinding. He's still pushing. You know, it's the best damn coffee you'll ever taste. Um, but he gets so bored with the the stresses of the uh the, you know just the the business and mental side of it mm. L- last week he like summited five mountains in a day jesus yeah you know, zero to a hundred right and after we finish recording i'm actually releasing uh his second appearance uh on the podcast and we talk about he did his first multi-pitch climb where he almost could have died because they didn't prepare and it was pitch black dark and they ran out of rope and had to come up with a little idea. Oh no! And the guy's like, "Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool." And in in the episode, uh, his name's Nick Lowry. I know you've seen me talk about him. Yeah. But in the episode, he talks about you know his 
mom had breast cancer. His buddy broke his back. His business mm -hmm. partner broke his back. His little brother, uh, you know, with, you know, possibly getting COVID and all this other crap just kind of piled on him this year. And he was like, all right, I mean, I can't do anything about it, but I'm here for you guys. And then he kept grinding his business and then I'm still not feeling it. So now I have to fucking go summit five mountains. Jesus. Now I, he's got freaking frostbite scars across his face where he got stuck in a blizzard. It's, yeah. I mean, and he's just like, I, I have to keep pushing. And so he's exactly the epitome of what you're talking about. We, we literally came from a working class, like labor class society. That's all we did. Uh, you would have been a hunter back then. I, I, I would like to think I would have been a hunter back then, but who knows, right? But You've been a very can, handsome hunter. Yeah, that. maybe a tribal chieftain, you know, like the king. I, I'm the king of the jungle, you know? Like, I don't know. Fuck it. But, you know, somewhere there. But we came from a life where we had to work and we put in eight hours of like physical labor and minimum. Makes, minimum and what makes people think that you're that we, we become any different in the last thousand years oh, like this absolutely. is this is a speck in it's the biological existence. thing this is not a societal thing yeah so you know i yeah, I don't. I don't know what's necessarily going to happen in the future. I I know, just from my angle and my Twitter, it's literally just doing whatever I can to get people off their asses and and starting to move. The future is going to look like that movie Wally with the fat people on the hoverboards. Oh, no. oh man! And then there's going to be guys like you and me that don't get to live in the city. We have yes. to live on the outsides of the walls, and we're going to be like the savages. Throwing. We get shamed. Throwing like laser spears and shit. Yeah, right. we, we're literally we would get shamed from. We are getting shamed from society at this point. And how dare you be in shape, Dan? Yeah, how yeah. dare how, you? How dare you care about your body? You know yeah. how hard it is for me with my triple E man tits. <laughs> oh no! And, and there you are, yeah. Dan, looking so fit, so narcissistic. My God, you know. But if if we were so smart. If we were just smart enough, we would understand that we could, we could actually advance society so much faster, so much faster if we actually had fit bodies to, to uh, power up fit minds. And I said this before, I was like, there should be something where we make fitness mandatory. You know, and like if a country does this, and, I, and sometimes I'm looking at China, although they are like fucking like, they're a little bit, they're actually way on the extreme side, but they make fitness a mandatory thing in their schools and like all this kind of stuff. And hell if, Russia in Russia, you can buy subway tickets by doing squats. Oh yeah. That's just beautiful. That's so right? beautiful. That's amazing. So with that being said, if I were, if I were sort of like in the government, you know, and if I could push anything, it would be just like mandatory fitness for everybody, making sure that you never get above your normal body fat percentage, but that's going a little bit too, it's going a little bit too much. But if we actually did that as a society, then we would have some smart ass motherfuckers. And then we would actually be pushing things say more for the benefit of society rather than the detriment. But, um, that's, that's my hope. That's my dream. You know, whether or not we'll get there, we'll see. Yeah. 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 It, I really like this conversation man you know this yeah. and 
I like having organic conversations with all my guests. You know, I don't, I don't have a preset amount of questions. I like just seeing where it's going to go because it makes for interesting conversation. Mm. And I think if I was going to pick a theme for all of this, I would have to say that, and this is based on empirical evidence and 38% of Americans agree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Your fitness determines your mindset. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Absolutely. Fit body, Absolutely. fit mind. That's what we're going to call this episode. Fit body, fit mind. Fit body, fit mind. And that means fit wallet, bitches. That does mean fit wallet. The, the amount of income that I've, exp- that I've actually added to people's bank accounts because of the fact that they're fit and Just more be, confident. And, and, and it's all because it's, it's, it's almost like a placebo, but not really. They're like, hey, I feel like a badass. I'm going to earn yeah. like a badass. I walk into a room and I own that shit and I don't feel like a fat fuck when I'm walking into the room. Yeah, that's I don't own the space. I own the room. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's what it is because you, for me, it's almost impossible to have a, to be the smartest man in the planet if you don't have a fit mind or a fit body to support it. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's just me. And I'm being biased because my favorite philosophers were like fucking Plato and Musashi and fucking just guys who just like went after it physically. Jesus, you know? dude, you and I could do an entire episode on Musashi. Oh my God. I've read the, I've read the book like five fucking times, man. God damn, man. That's like a 60 hour read. He, what was up with this guy? There was something just different about him, man. Like, well, actually, we're reading the biopic. So, like, we, we're reading this, like, fictional book based on how Musashi uh, just pretty much traveled throughout life. So, who knows whether or not it's true. But in the book, he's, present, he's presented out to be this, like, he's almost presented out to be, like, Buddha right off the fucking bat. Well, not he, at first. Not, not at, at first. first. Not, he, not he was, he was like... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and Takezo, he was, you know, he was just, or Takezo. Takezo. Yeah, he was the, uh, he was like the barbarian asshole, thought he was big and bad, and, you know, thought he would use his strength and power for everything. It was only yeah. when he learned to get a little wiser and, you know, Takwan tied him to the fucking Cryptomeria tree and left him there overnight. And stole him. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Totally forgot about that. I got to read that thing one more time. Or yeah. five more times, four more times. Like I in said, your case. we can talk about that shit for hours, but we do not have time. We okay. actually only have shit. What do we got? About maybe ten more minutes. Okay. So, uh, what do you want to talk about? We're gonna talk about drugs. We're gonna talk about bottles, models. You know, like what are we gonna say? Bottles of drugs. Bottles of drugs. On top of models. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So. Let's let's plug you, man. Yeah, you sure. are the fit founder. So yeah. you're exclusively working with entrepreneurs, correct? Absolutely. So high achieving entrepreneurs. Um, the, you, we could call them a. I say entrepreneurs, but it could be high achievers of the the corporate world, or it could be high achievers in the entrepreneur world. But mostly, ninety percent of my clients are. Uh, and I and I say this. I don't say this lightly. The high achievers of the entrepreneur world. These politicians, the uh, patent lawyers, the top patent lawyers, New York Times bestsellers, these are the guys that I help. And um, it's a beautiful fucking thing. It's a beautiful thing. All right. So how can these high achievers 
become your client, Dan. Oh, they can become my client by uh, going to my Twitter account and just following me. Go to twitter.com slash fit founder. Um, that's pretty much, you'll see my philosophy and you'll see where I'm coming from. You'll know exactly what I believe in and what I don't believe in. And if you dig that and if you're cool with that and you like the transformations that I post pretty much almost like every day, then uh, come by and uh, set up a call with me right there. Excellent. That's a great yeah, way to man. go about it. You Thank don't you. have a fancy, you don't have a fancy funnel. They have to follow. No, no, no. Nah. Follow me on Twitter. Talk yeah. to me like a human. Mm. You want it. You want to get your fat ass in shape. Yeah. DM me. We'll set up a call. <laughs> I will I'll not like say I'll, I won't say that until we get really comfortable with each other. Then sometimes like it's so, it's so really, it's, it's trippy. If you, if you tell a politician, you're just, you're just being a fat fuck, get your shit together right now. And, and you say that seriously, but they take it and they're like, you know what? I'm not right. used to being talked to that way, but it's yes. like right on the point. Yeah. Yes. See, that's how, that's why I talk to people. One of my really good friends is a licensed psychotherapist and, uh, you know, I end up telling him, well, don't be a bitch and tell your clients the same. Mm. That, that was the best piece of advice I ever got in my life was mm. don't be a bitch. Mm. And I say that, you know, even when I'm sitting here at my, at my desk and I'm trying to create something, write something, figure something out. I look over here. I see Neil Armstrong. I see Ernest Shackleton and his crew trapped in the fucking house over here. I've got all of these big baller names uh, on the Declaration of Independence right above my desk. Like, Those men weren't bitches. You're not mm. allowed to be a bitch. Mm. Shit. Ernest Shackleton? Ernest Shackleton. One of the greatest leaders to ever not be known. Right? Ever. No one knows about Ernest at right. all. No one, knows had... about, no, no one knows about Robert Byrd either, but I've got his book. Jesus. Admiral Byrd. He, dude, this guy was a fucking G, all right? Okay. Yeah, he, he set up a little outpost. He was famous for his flight over the North Pole. Yeah. But he set up a like a research station in Antarctica for him and his crew. And then he was like, all right, you gangsters hang here. I'm going to go here. And he like hiked out like 30 fucking miles to the Jeez. middle of the fucking cap and built like a little shelter. And he had a heater in that shelter that was constantly releasing carbon monoxide. So yeah. while it kept him from freezing to death, it was poisoning him and he didn't give a fuck. He would, he had a system where he would wake up, vent the carbon monoxide and then freeze a little bit and then wake up uh, and vent the carbon monoxide. Fucking G. Oh, okay. What was that book called? I, I, will, I will DM it to you. I've got it. Okay. 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 DM it to me. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Guy was a fucking G, mm. but we're wrapping up on it right here. As our plug, yeah, I'll, I will throw in some ads for our awesome sponsors at Unlimited Life Concepts and Go Hunt America, the Smith Homestead, and of course, Conquer Watch Company. All right. That's a lot. So, you got a lot of sponsors. Yeah, man. I'm a gangster too. Dude, you are a gangster. <laughs> Fuck. All right, guys. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Rugged Legacy Podcast. This is me and Dan, and we're signing off. Thanks for coming on, Dan. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. I hope you've been enjoying the content on all of the episodes, especially this one here. If you'd like to become a contributor and support this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash ruggedlegacy and click on the support icon.
everyone wants to rise from the ashes, but very few are willing to set themselves on fire. This has been a Rugged Legacy production.